This video reviews the tenants for repair of injuries to the superior sinus during elevation of the bone flap. This is a 60-year-old female who presented with two parasagittal metastatic lesions on the sagittal contrast enhanced image. You can see the two parasagittal well-defined lesions on axial T2 images. There is significant associated edema. Since the tumors in the rest of her body were under good control, surgical resection deemed most appropriate to resolve the edema. The patient was placed in the lateral position. A lumbar drain was also installed to provide cerebral decompression early to access the interhemispheric space for resection of these tumors. Based on neuronavigation, this is the location of the anterior lesion, and this is the location of the posterior lesion. I planned an S incision to expose both tumors through a single incision. The next image demonstrates the position of the head of the patient. This is the craniotomy with tuber holes over the superior sagittal sinus. Upon elevation of the bone flap, the patient's blood pressure dropped acutely and a suspicion of venous embolism was raised. Although there was not significant bleeding from the dura, we suspected that the elevation of the head of the patient led to reverse suctioning of the air without necessarily bleeding through the laceration over the roof of the superior sinus. I immediately flooded the field with water, irrigation fluid, and lowered the head of the patient and covered the exposed dura with two large pieces of wet sponge. Here's the configuration of the opera field at the time of its coverage. I provided the anesthesiologist with a significant amount of time to assure complete stabilization of the vital signs so the area of bleeding and potentially dural venous sinus injury can be explored. The patient vital signs were stabilized and the wet sponges were gently elevated. Bleeding was encountered now since the head of the patient is lowered and therefore air suctioning is minimized, but venous bleeding is more obvious. You can see my finger right over the area of the laceration. The roof of the sinus was injured. I maintained proximal and distal control over the area of the sinus with gentle tamponade using the fingers of the assistants. A dural flap was elevated from the left side and the roof of the sinus was reconstructed. During this time, the head of the patient again was slightly lowered to prevent any entry of the air into the durovenous sinus. A piece of surgicer fibular was used to cover also the area of the reconstruction. As you can see, the ICG demonstrated relative patency of the supersatural sinus in the area of the injury and anterior to it. The left-sided, more superficial tumor was removed. I also attempted to open the dura 
on the left side for the anterior lesion. However, large venous lakes were encountered. I did not want to place the patient at risk of an additional venous air embolism. The operative plan was adjusted by opening the dura on the right side and using a transfalcine approach to reach the left parasagittal tumor. The large veins over the right parasagittal area were untethered and protected. The lumbar drain significantly assisted with cerebral decompression in this case. The fox was incised in a T fashion. A corticotomy on the left medial posterior frontal region was completed and the tumor was circumferentially disconnected from the surrounding white matter areas. After removal of the tumor, the closure was completed in standard fashion. You can see the falcine flaps that are being placed back to their original position. Post-operative CT demonstrated patency of the superior sagittal sinus and this patient awoken from anesthesia without any new neurological deficits. This case has two specially important learning points. The first one is the importance of recognizing venous aromalism early, managing it appropriately, and also reconstructing the laceration over the roof of the suprasagittal sinus to maintain its patency. The second important point is to um, remain flexible and adjust the operative plan. As you can see in this case, the opening of the dura on the left parasagittal area for the anterior lesion deems risky. Since the patient had already suffered from an episode of venous air embolism, therefore I adjusted the plan and used the transfalcine approach despite its technical difficulty due to the position of the head of the patient. Both of these considerations minimize the risk of additional injury to the patient. Thank you.